Welcome to the podcast series Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafta, and today I'll be chatting with Idan Jan, co-founder and CEO of Funda. Hi, Idan. How are you today? How's it, Stacey? Sure. Long time coming. I know. What? When last have we spoken? It probably was like, was it pre-pandemic? I think it was like pre-pre-pandemic. I think it was like... <laughs> Pre-pre-pandemic, like, I love yeah, that. I think it was around like September 2019. It was like really, really long ago. When the world was still normal. I know. I don't even know what the word normal means right now, but so much has changed. I am excited to get into it. You just have gone through an acquisition. But before I spill all the tea, can you just tell me about your journey? What led you to Bold Funder and then where you guys are today? Sure. Okay. Of course. Let me let me go um, all the way back, right? So let's do it. My co-founder, which is my partner slash best friend. I mean, we've Love been it. we've been best friends since we were like eight years old. We were at primary school together, high school together, and then like split our ways, parted ways, uh, mm. university days. He's a CA, so he went the whole chartered accountant route. I just did a, like a plain BCom. Um, after that, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. My brother owns um, a few businesses in the food and beverage space. So he said, why don't you come and spend some time with me? It's quite an entrepreneurial business. Anyway, that little bit of time landed up in five years. Um, at the same time, while I was doing that, Jared was uh, Jared actually worked in Johannesburg for Grant Thornton, and then he moved to the States, to Manhattan in New York. He moved and he lived there for two years. So fast forward like five years where we both kind of like, you know, still best friends, but mm-hmm. like kind of living our own lives and our own path. Um, my, I, I went to visit I went to visit family in New York, and then um, Jared was obviously there. We went for dinner. He was telling me he wants to leave um, New York. He wants to come back home. He wants to start something. Um, at the same time, I was kind of not enjoying so much the food and beverage space. I never really saw future for myself in it. Uh, I also wanted to wanted to leave. But throughout my time um, at my brother's holding company, essentially is a franchisor for a lot of uh, small businesses under his umbrella, I saw one of the c- most common themes um of failure of the small business was obviously access to capital. So mm. um, I kind of like told Jared, there's like, I see like a big niche in the space. Um, at the beginning, we wanted to do peer-to-peer lending. Essentially, we wanted to create like a platform where we list uh, debt instruments of small businesses on the platform and then allow like individual retail investors to buy unitized debt instruments in that portfolio it sounds very complicated it's a very easy concept um but i mean we we ran into a few like regulatory um, hurdles um where where essentially they told us we need a banking license for it even though it doesn't make sense why you need a banking license for it but anyway we took that kind of hurdle as as a stop and we kind of pivoted and we said what's the next thing we're gonna like actually become balance sheet lenders, right? So we're going to actually get, get raise capital ourselves and lend it to small businesses because we did like a lot of market research. And we saw at the time, uh, there was that was pre-COVID, obviously, it was like a 60 billion rand funding gap for small businesses mm-hmm. in South Africa. There hasn't actually been like concrete 
um, figures coming out post COVID uh, because I think we're still in COVID. So I think yeah. everyone's just kind of waiting for the for for the for the economy to calm down, and then they'll they'll kind of release like more more current statistics. But anyway, so um, that was like November 2017. We both quit our jobs, uh, started focusing full time on Funder. We kind of gave ourselves a, a runway that we said. You know, we until we launched this thing, we obviously not going to take salaries. Uh, we were kind of optimistic to think that when we do launch, we'll get salaries because it took us another twelve months after that to to get to to, to start drawing yeah. salaries. Um, but basically, we both quit our jobs. We put all our eggs in the basket. Started working on a business plan. Um, started and trying to raise capital. You know, I mean, we were two young guys with zero experience in in business lending, lending in general, um, two young guys that never actually started their own business, uh, two young guys that have hardly any real life experience. Um, so we were kind of just naive to think that we can go with this, with a few words on paper and, and raise, <laughs> and raise uh, capital, right? Yes. So we were sitting, we actually reached, which I think we're proud of at the moment. Um, but during that time, it was quite hurtful, but we were sitting with over 55 rejections, right, of just reaching out to guys mm -hmm. and being like, listen, this is what we want to do. This is our plan. We need money, basically. And then the exact same answer, everyone is like, what are you guys like? What are you guys doing? Like, you don't know anything about this space. How can mm -hmm. you prove your model? Everyone was like, we like you guys, but like, you know, one guy even told us, like, you won't even give us money for parking. Like, as a joke, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> But anyway, like that kind of forced us um, organically to bootstrap the business. So mm -hmm. we literally took all of our life savings because we were quite young and eager. Um, so we took all of our life savings and put it in the business. And then we had this um, like kind of crossroads, like what, what do we actually use this money for? Now that we essentially have a little bit of capital, what are we going to use it for? Um, and obviously the two natural parts were do we invest in um some sort of system marketing mm. uh brand get like a get like a business and then try go and and launch to the market or do we just start lending and just kind of create an organic brand where get a bit of track record generate a little bit of revenue even though it won't it's not like a scalable option mm. at least it kind of gave us the track record that we needed in order to get to where we wanted to go so we we kind of chose to start lending so that kind of forced us to take all of our capital and make sure it's been used for revenue generative purposes such as like lending and providing capital mm -hmm. to, to small businesses which left us with zero rand budget for anything yeah. else so that forced us to become very resourceful uh, to tell you the honest truth. Like there's, there's a plethora of different tools on the internet mm. that you can actually use that are free and don't cost you any money, um, which we used up until like probably a year into the business operating. We were, we were using all these free platforms, which um, like they, they were amazing. You know, I think our, our burn rate, like in the first like six months was like, was like 700 or 800 bucks a month. Like that's how lean the business was. That is extremely impressive. Like everyone at the beginning, everyone thought we were like this new exciting fintech. But meanwhile, we like literally had nothing. You know, we were just like fake it till we make it kind of thing, which mm -hmm. which landed mm -hmm. up like, you know, we didn't, 
we didn't sell that we were fintech. We just had like a nice brand and we were kind of like playing in a space that is very fintech associated. Um, and yeah. we kind of um, really like the most lean product and just started selling and just started like creating a brand, you know, and like started marketing. And then we got accepted into into Alpha Code, which is an incubator, uh, an RMI incubator for fintech businesses. So they helped us a lot. Um, but anyway, going along the journey. So we launched in June 2018. Like I said, we launched with nothing, just Excel spreadsheet and like a Wix website, which we did. Um, started started building revenue um, in May in May 2020. We got access to our first angel investor, which was a huge milestone for us. Nice. So. So now it's like basically someone telling us, okay, we believe you, um, take some of my hard earned capital and, and start using it to grow the business. Cause up until now we were using our own cash, right? And up until now it was really, really hard to. How did you prepare for this and how did you survive that pre-profit stage? So, I mean, the business was always profitable, right? Because, but it wasn't mm. a true reflection. Like we were always going up to investors and be like, look, we managed to maintain a profitable business. But then they're like, okay, but wait, but you haven't invested in any technology. You haven't drawn salaries. Mm. You don't have any employees. Like, are you really profitable or are you just not, okay. you know, or you, or you just have like a tiny tiny business that's generating profits but are those profits sustainable so it's not like a gotcha it's not like a sustainable business that's profitable so we always like to tell everyone that we're like profitable from day one which we were on paper but like it was kind of like being blinded by this perception that by this eagerness to always maintain profitable which you know, like, I think it's, I think it's great. And, and you kept your overhead costs low in order to do this. Yeah. Therefore not having salaries, not really investing in, in many technologies and tools. Yeah. Like, I think our salaries were probably at the bottom of the food chain. Like if we could spend money in the, in the first like 12 to 16 months on anything, uh, I think salaries would have been the last thing we would have spent it on. That, that's just because like we had expectations right off the bat, right? We said of for the first year, we're not drawing salaries. That year landed up in 16 months, but we knew for the first 12 months that like there, there was, it's like, even if we're printing cash, we're not taking a salary because we kind of agreed mm -hmm. to it. So what are we going to use the cash for to further grow the business? So yeah, so, so launch in June, 2018, grew the business really nicely, organically kept, um, the credit like very tight essentially before uh, launching love we were doing um like simulations on our credit model so essentially we kind of figured out how to do credit which was which was really something that i look back at and it was, it's quite impressive that like how we didn't have any background but we just consulted with people you know we reached out to literally every risky business it, it is risky but if you if you if you do it smart, it's actually not. But anyway, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, <laughs> but we reached out to our whole network. We reached out to every single person that was in any form of credit previously and kind of just seeked advice, you know. At the beginning, we used mm -hmm. to keep our ideas so close to our chest to be like, oh, my God, like, no one can know what we're going to do. Everyone's going to steal our idea. But then you soon realize that, like, you know, ideas are a dozen and, like, executions, everything. So... Once you mm -hmm. realize that and you kind of like let go and trust, seek help from other people, like that's when the wheels actually starting to turn.
because before that, mm-hmm. it's just this like well-guarded idea secret that you keep close to your chest and only you can work on it. Yeah. But once you put it up to the world, then you start reaching out to people and this one saying, no, you should speak to this one. And you go to this one and he tells you, you should speak to this one. And then essentially you like start to leverage off your human capital to actually make it tangible and, yeah. and, and put it back into the business, which for us was the big turning point. So once we started reaching out to our network and learning from people that are in the industry, um, and we used to literally reach out to them and be like, we're not, we don't want your money. We're not trying to sell you anything. We just want a little bit of your advice. We'll even come meet you at midnight on a Tuesday. If that's the only available time you have kind of thing. How open were people to giving advice at this point? People were so open. It's like you, you wouldn't you wouldn't think so, but like people were so open because at the end of the day, they saw these two young guys that like they're not knocking on the door to sell me anything. They're not want mm. my money. They just literally want a bit of advice. And we used to tell like even if you have fifteen minutes available, like we'll cram our questions in fifteen minutes. We just literally want your guidance. Like help us. You know, we're trying to make this work. Um, we need your assistance basically. Yeah. Hunger for knowledge. Yeah. Hunger for knowledge. And you brush up a bit on people's egos and you tell them like, I look up to you and look up to what you do, <laughs> yes, which yes, you yes. have to. And actually people are like super eager to help. And well, us specifically, like people were amazing, you know, and, um, we still keep in touch with every single person that was with us, like from day one and we kind of update them and like, we like, look where we at now and like where we met you literally like two and a half years ago. We were like literally like sitting with an idea on paper, which was like, which is amazing for them to like feel like they were involved in this journey type of thing. But it kind of showed us that our credit model does work. And that led us to um, angel investors um, giving us, giving us some equity and a lot of guidance and help. And I mean, these guys were literally holding our hands from, day one they just didn't invest they were just they were so essentially two of the of the shareholders that we got were people that said no to us and then kind of we kept them along the journey with us and at the end they land up investing in us and they really like they put in so much time effort and energy into like really growing the business and then we were growing like at a really nice like 10 to 20 percent or even 30 percent at some months that was when we first spoke that was like you know, um, a year ago, yeah, like organic growth, uh, with additional capital. And then we started marketing, um, and, and started digitizing our process a little bit more. Um, and then in September, 2020, uh, we got acquired by one of our competitors. So a company named retail capital, they essentially the, they're like light years ahead of the competition. They're the biggest, and most advanced alternative business lender in the market. Um, they obviously saw something in us, which we're very humbled and fortunate for, and they acquired us in September, 2020. So now essentially we have all the tools that we need to scale this thing like seriously. Seeing how much growth Funder has gone through over the past year, it is so exciting to see firsthand. And you've grown 380% since September 2020. What did Funder do to make it to this place and see this amount of continuous growth? You know, this acquisition has been like amazing for us. We've gotten assistance with balance sheets, obviously, 
funding, a lot mm. of funding in the business, a lot of help, a lot of guidance. I mean, um, that that was the main catalyst of this growth. But at the same time, you know, we created really like one of the leading brands in the market um, for for small business funding with like zero budget. So, I mean, only now is we're actually starting to spend in marketing and branding. Um, I mean, we just we just rebranded our website. I saw it looks fantastic. It's awesome, and like we, it's actually like before we used to build a website, um, like looking at what guys do in the states and and Europe, and being like, mm. okay, this looks cool. Let's kind of implement it. And now we're having all this strategy of like, who are we actually targeting? Like, who are the people that we want to come on our site? And like, I'm quite proud to say that we're like the only millennial based. SME lender in the market, we're actually acknowledging the millennials that are the next generation of business owners, right? Because no one's actually yeah. targeting them. No one's providing them mm. with a with a brand they can associate to and 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 an origination process they can relate to. Everyone's kind of focusing on this um, primitive baby boomers, for example, which they've got like. Yeah. 30 to 40 years experience in the business and it's a super solid business and the guy isn't going anywhere which i agree it's it's less risky but about but i mean what about the millennials right like i mean they yeah. they certainly can't get ac- if the baby boomers can't get access to finance from the bank you can be rest Imagine. assured the millennials cannot get access to from the bank um so l- like i said a lot of like marketing a lot of um help obviously funding from from our acquisition really made us like scale the business and and we had we had a fast fast paced growth spurt at the moment um over and above that we 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 were lucky enough to um get a partnership with telcom so so telcom what they did telcom created a product called telcom financial services um, which essentially they they starting to monetize their database and starting to offer all different financial products to their customers, and they went through a lengthy and rigorous um, process of onboarding a business lender and funder got the contract. So we essentially are the we got the lending uh, the small business lending rights to the telecom database. So what we do, which is amazing, is um, we we essentially underwrite telecom businesses based off their telco spend. So based off like their landline spend and ADSL spend and marketing spend, for example. I mean, we get anonymized databases from telecom on a monthly basis, and we 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 provide like bespoke funding offers to that client base, and then telecom markets our funding offers to them and. That's also that. That's amazing. That's that's allowed us to really, really scale distribution. Okay, let's talk about pre-acquisition. You were you were spending zero on marketing. You were using as many free tools as possible and keeping overhead costs low, especially in times like these where you never know what will be thrown your way. It's important to manage expenses. Let's chat about these free tools. We all want to know and jump on board. You have to tell us. Okay, cool. So, I mean, I I, I hate unnecessary spending and my partner even hates it more <laughs> he's a ca he <laughs> hates it so it kind of it really forced us to be as lean as possible so i mean 
on the on the CRM side, for example, we use Trello. I mean, we used that up until like probably yes. like four months ago because it's one of the most amazing platforms. Yeah, we used to use Trello as well. That is a hundred percent free, and you can really automate a lot within Trello. So um, we used to use a thing called Zapier. I'm not sure if you're aware of Zapier. Do you know Zapier? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, cool. So Zapier essentially is an is an integration. Uh, platform that allows you to automate um, different functions without code. So none of us are technical founders. Like I don't know, I don't know code. I don't know how to code. Unfortunately, I'm taking a few courses now, but I'm definitely not going to learn how to properly code. But <laughs> I mean, we we had to we had to try automate our business without any code. So there's a, there's this thing called Zapier, oh which is gosh. amazing. Um, so we managed to automate a lot of our workflows through Zapier. So on Trello, for example, every time we moved, um, we cr- every time someone was online, created a lead, it automatically created a, a new card on Trello through Zapier. Every time we moved that stage, it would send automatic emails. So Zapier allowed us to for free again, like a hundred percent free. It allowed us to have automatic emails. It allowed us to automate our whole CRM process. It allowed us to send statements at the end of the month. Um, it allowed us to do so many different things that a system would do for you for cost, but for free, obviously it wasn't as efficient and we had to be like super on top of it, but it did the trick, right? I mean, our first website was on Wix. I think we paid like yeah. We paid like 200 bucks a month. Uh, it looks as good as any other as any other website. The only problem is uh, has a little bit, I would think like a little bit, it's a little bit slow and has a, like, it's not as secure, right? But like when you're a small business, you don't need to worry about those things like right off the get-go, you know? So again, like Wix is one of the most amazing platforms to just create like a really good looking website for very cheap because you go out there and you try to like spec out a website. I mean, we just did it. It's very expensive. And if we had to get presented with this bill, um, when we first started, it would have like not even happened. So Wix really helped us, um, along the way Canva, which is like one of the most amazing platforms and tools. Beautiful. So easy to use. Yeah, it's like Photoshop for beginners. It's also, it's free. Um, we used, uh, instead of like stock images, we used uh, FreePick, which is also amazing. Um, uh, and Unsplashed, just like photo generative um, websites that are, again, are free. So, for example, for marketing, you can go on those websites, get free images, drop them onto Canva, um, mm. edit them really nicely make them onto like a nice post and then from that you can market your own your own business um really without costing anything right um obviously bank account like there's no way around that you have to pay like bank account fees and that's what mm-hmm. comprise part of the, the 700 bucks um but but we did, like i said like we we had a website was really cheap we had like a like a okay um, i don't actually i think yeah it was free at the beginning we had like an online form which was free i think it's only up until a certain amount of applications or like lead forms which then we had to start paying um 
but when you really like have a small volume it's it's perfect um from that using zapier to automate our crm which is completely free send emails which is free so our whole process was free I love it. I feel like this whole episode should be titled How Not to Spend Money. Okay, while we're talking about spending money, what are your thoughts on SEOs? Is it worth putting money into this? So, okay, so another thing. So SEOs, I used to literally... I'm going to assume you found a free way to do this. Literally, YouTube, like YouTube and Google. I used to to research the living daylights out of how to... YouTube is your best friend. You can learn anything. Literally, like how to maximize, because essentially it's an algorithm, right? I mean, it's ever changing, mm-hmm. like it's changing like on a daily basis, um, probably even more frequent than that, but it's constantly changing and people constantly put up tutorials on how to, how to make sure that algorithm recognizes your website and put it on top. I mean, we were, we were on the first page of small business lending without spending a single rand on 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 marketing and it was all through like understanding how seo works and and doing your website to those metrics um like it's really not it's not that hard right once you understand what google looks out for um you can you can easily understand what to do and not do on your website in order to get really high up the ranking and I mean, our space is like so competitive. We're essentially competing with yeah. the banks, right? I mean, business finance. I mean, we're we up against the banks. So we really, there's really smart and, and innovative ways in order to maximize your search engine optimization, right? And that was all then through YouTube? Yeah, YouTube and Google, just reading, reading articles, watching on YouTube, just being resourceful, right? Like everything's... Like if you want to find something and learn, like you can, it's really all out there. It's just about like having a quick fix and wanting things done quickly and, and like instantaneous, then yeah, pay for it. Like why not? If you have the money, pay for it. But if you don't, you can really make it happen. Like there's no excuse. With internet out there, there is no excuse. Idan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I have learned so much. There will definitely be an article after this episode because I think there are so many great facts, so many tools you mentioned, which we want to make sure every business out there knows about. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. We appreciate it. It's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Of course. Where's the best place for listeners to reach you? Definitely LinkedIn. Thanks again. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Success, Connecting the Global Fintech Community. Feel free to follow us on LinkedIn at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your team, or you yourself are looking for a new, exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.